0: From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star
2: Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
0: Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics Podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called on the qt where we talk tarantino every week for 10 weeks a guest will join
2: us to chat about every quentin tarantino movie from reservoir dogs to once upon a time in hollywood so join us starting in may 2021
3: on the qt is available wherever you download your
0: podcasts and is part of the forgotten entertainment family
2: Ooh, that's
0: a bingo And welcome, nerdy knights of the well rounded table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master, Rebel Scum Collaborator, and Maul, aficionado and fan.
1: Aficionado, enthusiast, fan. You do all of the above. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and below as well. <laughs> Yep, it's gonna be one
1: of those podcasts, everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, guys, we're celebrating tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: I am pirate Jedi Anders Drill. But no matter what rank you carry or what where you carry it, I guess, I don't I don't know. Uh, no matter what though, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have.
0: Indeed. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed turkey dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today we're diving into Season 3, Episodes 17 and 18, through Imperial Eyes, one of my favorites, and Secret Cargo.
1: Oh, it's one of my favorites too. It's a really good episode. We have done our best. We are scrambling our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels, but everything else in Star Wars is fair game. And I am definitely throwing in an adult content warning for the younglings on this episode. But without further ado, we're going to hop on board the Phantom 2 and try to help Agent Callis as we explore our holocrons of knowledge. Then stick with us after the final holocron to celebrate as we commemorate our 100th episode. One,
0: zero, zero, friends. One
1: hundred. One hundred. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, Colleen, we got to punch it and open up that first holocron.
0: Don't you know it? All right, we're heading into our first the journal of the wills. This is where we go over our plot and episode synopsis for this week. We're gonna start out with Through Imperial Eyes. Mm. And it starts out just like that. Agent Callus is woken up by an alarm and we literally are seeing through his eyes. We have his POV for the first part of the episode. He eventually makes it to the bridge, which is the ship is orbiting Lothal at the point, And Lieutenant List, our poor baby. Poor dumb dummy Lieutenant List. Orders the capture of a shuttle that is attempting to escape the planet. Callus decides to lead the boarding party. And it is revealed that the shuttle pilot is in fact Ezra Bridger. Looking cute with his buzz cut. He thinks nobody's going to recognize me. And he's right. The <laughs> Nobody does. And officers don't recognize him. I don't know how, but they do not. Callus orders him put into a cell immediately. <laughs> Which is great. And then we have AP5 and yeah. the like, secret agent repainted chopper like shuffling out of the shuttle, which is <laughs> great. They get escorted out and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> After getting Ezra alone in his cell, Callis turns off the cameras like any good interrogator would and demands to know what the fuck Ezra is doing. <laughs> here. Fair, very fair, because he's going to get everybody killed. Ezra a response, that he's there to extract Callis, aka Agent Fulcrum, since they received intelligence that the last Fulcrum transmission was intercepted, mm. which would be bad. They would probably kill Callis immediately if they found out. Maybe huh. before maybe, they can maybe coordinate not. an escape. Yeah, maybe not. Depending on who finds out. <laughs> he kind of is lucky here. Actually, that Theron is the one who found out. <laughs> he would have just been executed immediately if anyone. Definitely. <laughs> they've been like oh yeah you're dead though it's fine before they can coordinate their escape list comes in and reveals that grand admiral throng he's on his way he's ordered the prisoner transferred to the chimera Mm -mm. ap5 talks him and chopper onto the shuttle that's going over to the ship claiming that chopper has a recording of the shuttle theft and,
1: you know, with all this future technology, OK, it's not like I can just put that on a disk and leave you behind. We have to take both droids for the recording yeah. that one droid apparently has, and I haven't Obviously. seen.
0: Obviously, <laughs> both of them. Laurel and Hardy need to go to the Chimera.
1: List. he's just a tactical genius. And,
4: <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, over on the Chimera, Chopper and AP-5 managed to make contact with Kanan and Rex, who are in hyperspace in another stolen shuttle. And they inform them that they have changed ships. And so they have to steal new clearance codes to the Chimera for the extraction team. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Callus and List are on their way to Thrawn's private offices. And they are required to submit their code cylinders for verification, which is apparently not a normal thing to do when they ca- when the troopers kind of know who you are. Mm-hmm. List actually thinks he's kind of above this sort of a thing. which I don't know why. He is just, no.
0: Not that great.
1: Yeah. It's not. Uh, once they go inside, they find that Thrawn is in a sparring session with some attack droids, getting all sweaty. Yeah, uh, he is. <laughs> he, stops, he stops the session and joins the group in his main office, among them Admiral Constantine and Colonel Ularan, who happens to have been one of Callus's instructors back at the Imperial Academy. Mm-hmm. They reveal that indeed they did intercept a fulcrum transmission and they are there to identify the spy. Thron also states that he has narrowed down his search for the Rebel base to just 94 systems from the original thousands. So he is mm-hmm. getting close. As they're leaving the office, Callus and List run into Governor Price. Fucking Price. Callus gives List full credit for the recovery of the stolen shuttle, which he is all too happy to receive. Mm-hmm. And as Price is walking away, Callus plants the idea in List that Price is there because Thrawn thinks she is the spy and does a nice little uh, sleight of hand switching out the two of their code cylinders.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Callus manages to grab AP5 and Chopper and heads down to Ezra's cell. The two of them have a brief argument in which Callus has to tell Ezra to get down from the ceiling. Amazing but they form a plan ultimately to delete Avalon from Thrawn's list of potential planets and steal new clearance codes from his office all in one go. Callus mm-hmm. learns from List that Price is with Thrawn and they are heading to the detention block, so his office will in fact be empty.
0: Ooh, mm, I still wouldn't have got in there. <laughs> Just because he's gone doesn't mean he's really gone, you know?
1: I would have sent an AP-5. Oh,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, AP, get, get your ass in there. They infiltrate Thron's office with list code cylinder. They manage to steal the codes so that Kanan and Rex can come pick them up. And they also remove Adalon from the throne's database.
1: I wonder what planet they put in its place, because they do I, put something in, and it's got to be relatively nearby.
0: Yes, I would think so. I'm not sure which one they would have put in, but hmm, we'll have to see if any of this works. <laughs> Everything's fine. Nothing's unfair. Unfortunately, Thrawn has realized that Ezra escaped and goes back to his office. Callus activates the sparring droids as a distraction and they manage to escape, which was a really cool scene. Also, very, very cool. Good job, Mm Callus. In the shuttle bay, Rex and Kanan land but are promptly drawn into a firefight with Price, who realizes they are spies. Like, Kanan tries the mind trick on her and she's like, shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) He just made get halfway
1: through the sentence and she's like, done.
0: Mm -hmm. It would not work on someone like Price needed to work on the stormtroopers. He's not going to work on her. Unfortunately. Mm. List sees the governor (laughs) firing (laughs) on what he thinks are stormtroopers and decides that she must be the spy. Kalos is right. He stuns her while Ezra, Kanan, and the droids get on the escape shuttle. Whoopsies. Kalos decides not to go along, stunning List and framing him as fulcrum. After all, it was List's code cylinder that sprang Ezra and accessed Thrawn's office. Thinking they've smarted the Grand Admiral, the rebels escape without cows. Afterwards, Thrawn and Lauren are thinking that the fulcrum situation was tied up a little too neatly.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Thrawn examines the helmet that Ezra left behind, which has one of Sabine's Loathcat motifs painted on it. Oh, not the best because Thrawn is an art analyst and he gets this immediately. And then he knows that the prisoner is Ezra Bridger. And the fact that Callus never revealed this to anyone because Callus knows what Ezra looks like, oopsies, means Callus must be Fulcrum. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. And we're scared.
1: Yes, and we are officially scared for Callus, something we never would have thought a couple seasons ago.
0: God, yeah, can you imagine season one be like, him? Gross. Not care about Callus. Oh no, now we do. Shit. Damn it.
1: Thron has that effect on people, you know. Just kind of happens. Moving into the next episode, Secret Cargo opens up with the ghosts lying in wait, but the crew's not really sure what they're waiting for. They're just kind of hanging out in a debris field. The mission is very, very secret, and Ezra's not too happy about it. He wants to know more. He wants to know what their actual objective is. Mm -hmm. They're killing Sabine. Yeah. Hey, she's not there right now, so someone's got to do it. Someone's got to ask the questions.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: So they're killing time, watching the Holonet, and they see a broadcast comes on about the treasonous Senator Mon Mothma, who has made some extreme remarks against the Empire, specifically the Emperor himself. Uh, They are then interrupted by the appearance of an Imperial infiltrator droid. At first, they kind of power everything down to try and avoid detection but they are ultimately forced to try and shoot the thing down before mm-hmm. it can scan them. Uh, a squad of Y-wings and a cargo ship arrive, and Ezra manages to get off a kill shot that destroys the droid.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: The, droid the ghost uh, docks with the freighter, although the newly arrived gold squadron will not allow the ghost crew on board. No. They just are like, nope, give us our fuel so we can leave, and then we'll be fine. Hera allows their crew onto the ghost while they wait, Mm-hmm. And the newly arrived fighter pilots are like, oh, yeah, we've heard about Phoenix Squadron. Phoenix you, guys are, we, you guys are reckless and need to think about what you're doing. So while we as the audience have been cheering on the ghosts and the entire Phoenix Squadron for doing things like blowing up communication towers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: although that wasn't technically them. The Empire did that themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Tarkin's fault.
1: Yeah, that was Tarkin's fault. They did destroy Tarkin's Star Destroyer, though. um but that has apparently caused security to be much tighter throughout the outer rim which has made the lives of everyone else in the rebellion kind of difficult to which i say well it's a rebellion guys you're gonna you're gonna blow up enemy ships like that's kind of the point
0: yeah like it's the whole mission
1: (laughs) it it is the mission (laughs) um The gold leader even scolds the specters for drawing attention to themselves by blowing up that pro-droid that would have scanned them and alerted the Empire to their presence. Yep. So, yeah. They had no choice. That's where we're at, guys. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ezra claps back at them and says if they had any idea what this mission actually was, they could have actually planned their actions accordingly.
0: Yeah. They would have probably done things differently. If they had known that they were waiting for somebody that important.
1: They probably would have powered down. They wouldn't have been killing time on the holonet. They would have just been lying there powered down from the start. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. They would not have been doing what they were doing. Before they can fully resolve the disagreement, the group is attacked by arriving Imperial forces. Yikes. One pilot is unfortunately knocked unconscious, and Ezra takes command of her Y-wing, which is great. This is the one that he was arguing with. She was like, you guys suck. And Ezra's like, you suck more. Because he's a teenager and that's what he does. The freighter is destroyed and its crew members evacuate to the ghost. Hera is shocked to see that their main passenger is Mon Mothma herself. Ginger Queen, here we go. The Senator and Chopper, which is great, I love this scene when she's working with Chopper, detach the ghost from the freighter while Hera gets them away. Mon Mothma formally introduces herself to the crew and reveals that she is on her way to a secret meeting secret meeting mm-hmm. that will hopefully build a united rebellion from the various cells across the galaxy.
1: Wild she that this has... isn't united yet. Like we're okay. still not to this point.
0: We're not. We're not there yet. They're all still in like their little their little cells. They actually have at least a command kind of structure going on now, but it's just not as fully Unified or useful as it could be.
1: It's a few leaders. They each get their own fulcrum. You know, you have a fulcrum. You have a fulcrum.
0: Everybody.
1: Everybody gets a fulcrum.
0: Everybody. Everyone gets one. Okay. Here we go. Mon Mama has Erskine give Hera the coordinates to their destination, which is Dantooine. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Very interesting. Yes. We cut back to Lothal, where Admiral Constantine, Thrawn, and Governor Price are discussing the course of events. And Thrawn determines that that is, in fact, the Ghost, and that Hera will be able to escape the system by taking the quote unquote, unlikeliest path out, the Archeon Pass, which goes through a nebula and is a favorite of smugglers in the region. Price asks him to be the one to bring down Senator Mon Mothma. So Thrawn sends her to the far side of the nebula, and he sends his new TIE Defender prototype they actually have a working model now, along with his Oops. best pilot to pursue the ghosts.
0: Freaking Bald Scaris. He's another
1: hey. tool. Yeah, I never liked <laughs> that guy. Mon Mothma and Hera are having a discussion in the cockpit about their lives and how they actually kind of envy one another. Like, Hera's like, gosh, I wish I could be this inspirational leader like you and Ma Mothma's like, gosh, I wish I could actually kind of be out on the front lines. The Senate just gets so monotonous and frustrating and feel like no progress can actually be made. Ma says she's been trying to expose the Emperor within the context of the Senate, but she's coming to the conclusion that her worst fear, like actual open war, may be the only thing that can bring freedom back to the galaxy. Hera gives her some good old Hera wisdom. About how things are in fact different from the Senate out here on the front lines. Like, as far as they're concerned, they are in open war at this point. Like, this is not yeah, a choice anymore. <laughs> they've been yeah, there for a couple of years now.
4: It's wild.
1: Uh, the conversation gets interrupted by the arrival of a Star Destroyer and that new TIE interceptor.
0: Mm-hmm. Trouble. Yes. Oh,
1: I'm sorry, TIE Defender. Um, And they contact the ghost and order them to hand over the Sender, which, of course, of course, is going to do. That's obviously the choice. (laughs) Two of the accompanying Y-wings are destroyed, and the remaining gold squadron follows the ghost into the nebula. After a firefight within the gas, the ghost gets too close to a forming star for the prototype to be able to handle, so it breaks off while they, power-drained, exit the nebula, thinking that they've managed to escape. And the y wings stay behind to deal with that pesky TIE. But Hera is then, of course, created by Governor Price and another Star Destroyer on the other side of the Nebula. Mm-hmm. Hera and Malmothma stall for time, while the hyperdrive is recharging. And Ezra has a plan to take out the TIE Defender within the Nebula with an Ion Blast. That works, and it is thrown into a forming star.
0: Yep. Whoopsies. Oh, no, not that. Oh, boy. We need to destroy as many of these as possible, you guys. Yes. All right, so the ghost is then in a tractor beam, but Ezra and Gold 3 use their proton torpedoes to ignite the nebulous gas and disable the two destroyers. Along with oddly all beautiful shot. It's very beautiful. This episode, while it wasn't as exciting probably as episode 17, was stunning. Like visually, there were a lot of beautiful things yeah. going on here. I think they've upped their game so much. Like we've had the Zeb episode. Mm -hmm. with Olasad, that I think is probably one of their peak beauty mixed with score moments, but this was also excellent. Love, love, loved it. Mon Mothma makes a broadcast resigning from the Senate and publicly committing to the fight against the Empire. Ah! We got one of the big ones, guys, because she is probably one of the most popular senators. So this is quite a get for the rebellion, even though they probably don't realize she's been in it since the beginning. We see it being received on several planets and the show is visited over the series. Like this was pretty cool going back and visiting yeah. with everybody. We see Ryder Azati. Oh my gosh, I'm sure Flo was like, Who the fuck is that guy? It's Ryder Azad. It would have been great if we saw
1: um <laughs> we saw the giant moose.
0: Oh, the the Bandu. Oh no. Yeah, if the
1: Bandu was somehow caught the transmission, I'm sure Flo would have been oh thrilled. God.
0: He probably would not be super happy about this transmission just because he's like, I like balance, and this (laughs) is not balancing. So the episode closes with several ships arriving over Dantooine for the meeting. Yay.
4: All right,
1: all right, all right. And with that, let's move into our second holocron, the Will of the Force, where we go through the theme or themes in these episodes and the series. Colleen, you want to start us off with our episode themes?
0: Yes. So for episode seventeen, our theme is taking risks. Both Callus and Ezra take extreme risks in this episode. Like Ezra should not have been there in all reality.
4: No, this
1: really could have been anybody else. Maybe it not Zeb It really could have been anybody yeah, else who's out. not on the ghost crew.
0: <laughs> right. They would have been able to hide easier. Like there there's people that yeah, but would they have would knows. would
1: they have flagged Callus's notice though? That's the other question.
0: Yeah, probably not. Is that if it was Ezra, it's super easy for Cal to be like, oh shit, what are you doing here? Yeah. He he could be caught and recognized super easily, though, because List definitely would have been like, I think I've seen you before. <laughs> probably but he maybe. didn't. But he didn't, because he doesn't really pay attention to <laughs> I did like how Ezra's determined like to get Calus out, even though they should. They're on the same side, but they're still kind of like this frenemy. Oh, you could totally tell
1: Ezra. Ezra has this like smarmy thing. Like, yeah, that's right. I'm saving your tail.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I risked my life to come in and save you. And Calus is like, "Fuck you, get out. I don't need saving." And then Calus takes the ultimate risk of staying. Like he knows that his transmission was intercepted, and he know he thinks that he's gotten them off his tail. So he decides to stay. And it's like, oh, baby,
4: this <laughs> is not no, going to no, no, be good no,
0: no. Oh, He throws like all caution to the wind. He's like, nope, I'm going to extract more information for you guys, which is very noble, but also like, dude, probably not the best decision. Ah. And then episode 18, our theme is when you're out of options. Hmm. Sometimes there's only one option left. Mon Mothman and Hera have that conversation about being outgunned instead of being outvoted very different i mean if you're in the senate you could possibly be killed but it's different than being out on the front lines yeah being shot at every day like Hera is mon mothma has to come to the terms with the idea that this will be the full-out war like you're not going to be able to solve it in the senate palpatine has too much control there
1: this is going to be very aggressive negotiations
0: very very aggressive negotiations <laughs> <laughs> Anders, how about our series theme for these episodes?
1: So our series theme, we kind of move away a little bit from the chosen family in these episodes. Like we don't really get too much of that with uh with callus and building those yeah. those types of relationships.
4: No spoilers
1: um, but we do kind of revisit a theme that we've seen before and that would be the big the bigger picture. So this theme has come up a few times throughout the series usually being brought to our attention via Hera, and then actually later through Ezra himself. Um, he brought this up on his transmission back in season one, where he's kind of bringing this larger idea that it is this is something outside of ourselves. It is something that we all must do together, and there is a larger plan in place. Momotha brings it full circle here with her speech at the end that is actually calling for a unified rebellion. And the idea of that you are finding something outside of just you worth fighting for, and seeing that larger picture, Mon Mothma again brings it to the forefront. She's trying to unite these disparate rebel cells that, again, to this point, you may have thought that they were like a standing army, but they are not. They are individual guerrilla cells, and she is trying to unite them for something larger.
0: Yeah. They need to make bigger moves.
1: Yeah, they need to start making bigger moves. You can't, you know, Kanan had to kind of come to terms with this, that they can't just, oh, we're going to raid a single shuttle here and a single shuttle there to kind of stick it to the Empire. We need to fight for the Faceless, the ones who can't fight for themselves.
0: Exactly. And that needs a level of coordination that they don't have yet. Yep, They have some very capable leaders, but they need to form like a coalition. It's time okay next we're gonna head into our third holocron the galaxy's populace this is where we go about exploring the characters and relationships covered in today's episodes i'm gonna get us started with hot callus (laughs) because sammy's looking good in this episode y'all looking good Mm. we get to see a day in the life of what callus goes through basically like try not to get caught when you're living within the depths of the empire has got to be so draining it's like snape In Harry Potter, like you're constantly having to shield yourself and make friends. But Callus
1: isn't as much of a dick as Snape was. I'm sorry.
0: What in the beginning he was totally ready to kill people.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but that was before he was a spy. After he turned spy, he is absolutely not as much of a. Snape stayed the same dick level. In fact, he probably got worse.
0: (laughs) That is a conversation for another (laughs) time. Sarah and I will gladly go over this with
1: you. <laughs> Let's do it sometime. Absolutely. Oh, that would be
0: super fun. I'm sure Flo would also jump on that like crazy because he wasn't not that, that good of a teacher. But no, he's a
1: terrible teacher.
0: Yeah, he's not, not great, guys. Kallus would probably actually be a good teacher. Um, eh. It's interesting here that he's not super worried about his own life, though. Even though he is trying to stay hidden, he makes that choice to stay with the Empire. Like, dude... You're putting your life on the line here where in the empire as an isb agent like he was but not in the same way like he had a place where he kind of felt safe like he could go back to his room and feel safe there
4: i mean but
1: as an isb can't. agent i feel like you can just if you're ever really worried you probably don't have much of a conscience so if you're ever really nope. worried you just like grab somebody and you're like spy here have that yeah
0: <laughs> yes so yeah have that or put them in front of you so that, put him put him, put him on my quota episode. for the month he does that this episode when he totally blames list for his crimes which he yeah. had to do but that's yeah that's just how it goes sometimes we're sorry list i do like that they showed like his tenaciousness his intelligence how skilled he is like thrawn even says it took a lot of skill to reprogram those droids that quickly
4: mm-hmm. like
0: he did that really really quickly like, there's a reason that he was at the top of his class and that Yularen remembers him and has been following his career, which is not good right now that <laughs> Yularen knows you and knows who you are. He shows that, like, op- like, remarkable perseverance, which is really good, like, for an ISB agent and for a rebel spy. He was actually kind of made to be this spy just because he knows how to be a mole. Basically, he knows how to stay. He knows how they thin, think. And he knows how to think on the fly but he also shows his arrogant side here like how how did he think that he was going to be able to outsmart Thrawn <laughs> he's been with Thrawn now for a while and he thinks that he can outsmart him I'm like oh callus, this is your hubris is going to come back to bite you in the ass at some point point. Yeah. and then you learns there too and Price these are heavy hitters they're not going to be fooled for that long price doesn't like anyone so she's automatically <laughs> suspicious of everyone and even you at the ends like this is too easy it's tied up too neatly yeah ah it's just like he can roll with the punches and think on his feet it's just too bad that he was punching outside of his weight class with ron
1: especially like, because we know that thron does in fact punch a lot
0: <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> yeah he looks good
1: while he's doing it <laughs> yeah, speaking of thrawn the grand admiral is definitely as wily as ever he also this episode that we finally see him kind of showing off his physical side he's able to spar with those those droids are massive they are huge big and could easily kill him and something tells me he does not have them on safety mode no no mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and he, and as always, he's showing off his chess skills yet again. He's moving every piece around the chimera just with incredible ease. And this yeah. is also, I mean, this really is. He has shown himself to be this like art lover, and he sh- we saw back on back with the uh, the Hera episodes, um, the back on Ryloth with the Calicori, where he's like, he shows that he knows that this is a culturally significant piece and that someone would only risk it if it was a personal bit, which is how we identified Hera. But here we see him again. He's identifying artistic styles on that Lothcat motif to connect it to Sabine, which means this was painted by Sabine. Ergo, this is Ezra. He went from there's a helmet on the ground to Callus' fulcrum, like that.
0: Really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh shit, Callus! no, you were wrong. (laughs) You were wrong all along.
1: Oh my Ugh. gosh. Ugh. He might have had a chance if it hadn't been Thrawn, but. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. If it was a. I mean, lauren might have been suspicious, but he wouldn't have been able to make those connections. Right. Price would not have been able to make those connections. She's not subtle enough for that.
0: Right. It
1: was, if it was anybody else.
0: Definitely
1: not. <laughs> nope. And List would just be rotting in a cell and everything would be fine. Yep. Actually, i kind of curious. I mean, Thrawn just. Is letting List rot in the cell, right, for the sake of the ruse?
0: Yeah, he's not having him killed or anything, but no, because List is
1: like not useful otherwise. So, yeah, exactly. Yep. And then in episode eighteen, we get Mon Mothma. Genevieve O'Reilly is back. The actress was cast as the young Mon Mothma for Revenge of the Sith, though her scenes were ultimately cut. They were some of the better scenes because they actually made Padme showing show off her skills. Um, But they wanted her back, so she plays the senator in Rogue One, and she voices her here in Rebels. Yes. Mom Mothma is the senator from Chandrila, and is one of Leia's chief teachers, and a very, very crucial ally of Padme, Padme during the Clone Wars. She's one of her original, like, Padme gets the Senate, she's not really sure how to work things, and... She kind of takes some lessons from Mothma and ultimately maneuvers her way and becomes a very successful senator Mm -hmm. during the Clone Wars and the advent of the Empire. And here, she's finally taking that last step away from the Senate and into the Rebellion. Between her and Bela Organa, they are the two most important individual figures for the Rebellion. They are the original kind of leaders. There's a petition. there's a very 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 tense and actually kind of comical scene yes
0: Um, it was also funny but the whole time i was like oh my god
1: there's so (laughs) much tension in the scene oh my gosh it's in leia princess of alderaan highly recommend you read this where mon mothma and bale organa and also uh brea organa fake that bale and mothma have been having an affair Mm-hmm. In the middle of like a crowded dinner party, the in order
0: party. To, <laughs> there's a oh big God.
1: dinner party, in order to throw off Tarkin, yeah. <laughs> off yeah. their scent that they're mm-hmm. that these guys are all in cahoots.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I freaking, see. <laughs> freaking Tarkin's like you're spending an awfully lot of time together. So at this dinner party, Brea like has a sort of breakdown, like throwing like a fake wine breakdown.
1: in their faces and yes. being like, and then Bales like you want to do this now. You want to do this now? She's like, and yes, my I do. Was like, and my mom was
0: just like, for the last time, nothing is going on. And Tarkin's like, this is absurd. But also, That's like, absurd. spill the tea.
1: Spill the tea, but I would expect more from one of the great houses.
0: Oh, my God, yes. He's such a fucking tool. Yes, oh, read that book. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great book.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to these episodes. Uh, Her speech is ultimately able to call together many rebels to Dantooine. And we Mm -hmm. know that they ultimately will coalesce into this more stable rebellion during and after the events of Rogue One. Mm -hmm. In both canon and legends, Ma Mothma goes on to be the first leader of the new government that forms after the Empire falls. She does become the chancellor. And Mm -hmm. then they find out that really the New Republic was only being held together by her charisma.
0: Yeah, that's a tough blow when they like realize that
4: it's...
0: Yeah, blood, Bloodline, also very good for canon. And then, of course, Heir to the Empire has her being... Yeah. It's, I don't think it's called the Chancellor in Legends, but she's the leader of the New Republic in Legends as well, yeah. to start with. And then last but not least ever, we have Hera. Secret Cargo gives us a little bit more time with her because we haven't really gotten to spend much time.
1: She's always off on something else.
0: Yeah, she's always off on something else. We've been a lot of Sabine-centric. We've gotten more Ezra here. But then that means that they're off doing their tween teen adventure thing and Hera's not there. So we get her here and I I love her in this episode. She still stands out as this idealistic larger view person of the ghost. But we also see her showcase her piloting skills and her mm-hmm. tactical abilities in the nebula. Very cool. Since we know that Hera is a general from Rogue One, we can assume that Mon Mothma first took notice of Hera's abilities here. Hera's a lot like Mon Mothma. She's an excellent leader, people are very willing to follow her, charismatic. I mean, it's no wonder that she gets called general over the loudspeaker in Rogue One, which makes me freak out every time. <laughs> the general Syndulla, where? But we don't get to see her. So hopefully someday yeah, but we get Chopper. Will, we do get Chopper.
1: And yeah, that's good enough, I suppose. Yeah. All right, well, then let's move into our fourth holocron, Binding the Galaxy Together. This is where we go over our homages, Easter eggs, and callbacks throughout the episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start us off with Ezra and his freaking helmets. It's a hilarious, okay. tiny reference to Ezra's dedication to his collection. Unfortunately, he does lose this helmet. But he's being kind of roughly brought into the cell, and the trooper like throws his helmet aside, and he just says, hey, be careful with that.
0: Yes, he loves his helmet, plus Sabine painted it. so it's I know. Like...
1: It's a very sentimental thing. Sabine's not there anymore. Ezra has to remember her.
0: Yeah. Of course, he should not have worn that helmet, because that's how Thrawn puts everything together. Yeah. But well, I mean, that that all, you could also say
1: that they shouldn't have flown the uh the giant painted tie into the hangar bay, but, yeah, God. but
0: it was such a great moment. Squad. Yes, it's fantastic. Well, the rebellion, folks, everything's fine. Um, and then we get to our favorite poor heel of the Empire, Lieutenant List. If you don't remember him, he reminds us in this episode that he was in charge of quote that incident with the princess from Alderaan. <laughs> A reference to the episode of Princess on Lobel which is great. And he's been in a couple other episodes. He actually was in the pilot episode. He's the one who's in charge of the freaking canisters that get taken. <laughs> Our he's poor just boob. incompetent. No, Our he's not
1: a boo. No, he is I not mean, a boo.
0: I feel worse for him than I do for other people in the Empire. Because he's just a dummy. He's one of those idiots that's like... I don't, because no, he probably grew me. up in
1: like extreme comfort and never had to think.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. He's definitely yeah. a rich boy who just mm-hmm. got okay scores at the academy, and they're like, "Well, we have to promote you."
1: Yeah, because no, Palpatine, <laughs> even as an emperor with absolute control, does still have to play politics. I love right. those scenes from some of the novels, and I want mm-hmm. to, I want to see it on screen. Palpatine, like in his like hooded robes, all like mangly, probing the dark side, and then just like. i have to have that nine (laughs) o'clock
0: you need to sign the roster for the new academy sir (laughs) oh shit that senator from fucking all duran wants one of his kids
1: (laughs) my palpatine would totally have that scene
0: oh my gosh yes please give it to us give it to us now
1: All right. Speaking of so, other characters that we've seen before, we do see Colonel Mm Yularen. Yularen does appear throughout the Clone Wars TV series and has been seen as far back as A New Hope as one of the members of Tarkin's council around that Mm -hmm. table. Mm -hmm. Yep. He and Governor Price are two characters that appear in the 2017 Thrawn novel, where Mm -hmm. Yularen is shown to be one of Thrawn's chief advocates. Yes. He's not that bad of a dude he just kind of picked the wrong side as in he yeah. picked the winning side
0: he did when the clone I wars mean, ended yeah because he was friends with anakin and obi-wan he was with you could still call him friends with, with anakin oh yeah that's fair <laughs> i wonder i always wonder if he's one of the people that might know that vader is that's like anakin. one of those
1: like odd open secret things like every time you're in the headspace of a high ranking imperial and vader comes on and vader comes into the scene they always mm-hmm. talk about how like have a suspicion
0: especially tarkin
1: <laughs> oh always tarkin
0: I, tarkin is like yeah that's fucking anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> yes you're correct tarkin it is uh next we have sabine's art When hiding in Thrawn's office, Ezra takes refuge behind that wall fragment, which is covered in Sabine's artwork. It looks great, but it's going to point out a lot of things in the the Rebellion later. We're sorry, Sabine. You'll notice that Harris Calicori is on the opposite wall. There's a Clone Wars era helmet, an Abnendo bust, and the Holy Grail from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
1: Oh my god, guys, aliens. (laughs)
0: It's an skull. alien artifact. It's their chiss, obviously. That's what's <laughs> Oh, that would make that movie yeah. so much better if it were just if it were
1: actually a Star Wars crossover.
0: Yes. <laughs> make it
1: happen. Do uh, maybe that's what happens in the fifth one that is currently filming. That'd be so good. With Harrison Ford
0: mm-hmm. in
1: um de-aging. <laughs> dots on his face.
0: Oh my god. I'm
1: not ready. Uh, Next up, we have the code word. So Thrawn uses the word Rook Mm -hmm. to shut down his sparring droids. And that is the name of his, I'm always forgetting how to pronounce this. It's Nogri.
0: I think it's Nogri.
1: Nogri, personal bodyguard (laughs) from the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Mm
0: -hmm. Rook. Interesting. Always a fun character in the Heir to the Empire. He always freaks out freaking Pelion. He sneaks up on him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pelion everyone. We love Pelion from Air to the Empire. He is a put-upon person who is with Thrawn, and Thrawn always is like, can you figure out this puzzle? I've already figured it out. And Pelion's like, no. <laughs> he tries really hard. He does a good job. He's a little bit better at figuring shit out than Eli is, but he's also older. Uh, Next, we have Thrawn's framing. This is kind of cool. In a bit of an after Easter egg here, but the framing of Thrawn in the closing of the episode between the two lizard statue things behind his desk is very similar to how he's framed on the cover of Thrawn Ascendancy, greater good. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Mr. Evil
1: coming in a couple months.
0: (gasps) I'm very excited. November, please. I'm ready. I'm ready. I need to know everything that's going to (laughs) happen. Please, Timothy's on. Give us the outbound flight. We need it. The lizard creatures themselves are a reference to the Esau Mary which I actually kind of like. They're kind they're not great because they like, they nullify the Force, um, which is bad for Jedi, especially Luke, poor Skywalker in, like, oh, poor babies. He's always like, I can't use the Force, what's wrong? And this lizard's like, ha I, I can nullify the Force, this is great. Oh. Uh, Thrawn utilizes them a lot in Ere the Empire. He's often seen with them perched on his shoulders, which is really cool in that because it looks like the two lizards are on his shoulders. Like, I see you, Dave Filoni. I understand what you're doing here. They Uh have yet to really be canonized, but I'm kind of thinking that they might be soon. Uh,
1: I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that.
0: I mean, I can see them happening if they're doing an heir to the it's, empire kind of thing I with mean, Ahsoka. It's,
1: it's been a long, long time since I've read those, so I'm trying to think about like if it if it almost undermines the Force a little bit that like if the Force is ultimately in everything, what are these things? Are they just like midi chlorianless?
0: They no, because they're hunted by these things that use the Force, so they've adapted in order oh, to make sure, they, and all if right. there's a lot of them, they make a field that can protect mm. them all. That's why they're on the same tree together. So it's it's nature just kind of balancing itself from these very force sensitive predators that try to kill them.
1: And yeah, we'll see. All right, next up, we have some very dangerous droids. So the probe that the ghost crew fights at the beginning of Secret Cargo might look familiar in fact it should we saw it just several episodes ago it is the same model as the infiltrator droid that zeb quote-unquote accidentally brought back to chopper base (laughs) and had a fight with where he proved to ap5 that he is in fact capable in some cases
0: it's like you learn to read interesting (laughs) oh ap we love you and then we have gold squadron this is always really super fun when we get original trilogy kind of callbacks. Lando leads this squad in Return of the Jedi. Also, as everything in Rebels comes back again, these Y-Wings are very likely to be the ones that the Ghost crew stole back in the season three premiere because they were going to Yandodana and Gold Squadron is under his command. Uh, Captain John Dutch Vander is killed in A New Hope during the run on the Death Star. And this, yeah, like, uh, buddy, his kind of Texas accent. Very much stands out, but it's great. I love, love, love to see more of them.
1: Next up, we have the fact that uh, Mothma is trying to actually still build an alliance. This is a reference to the fact that at this point, despite what we may think, especially having been through the original trilogy and everything, the Rebellion is still this kind of fractured group of loosely connected cells. It is not a standing army. No,
0: not even a little bit. they're going to try at dantooine they're on dantooine
1: Dantooine. if that
0: meeting's location sounds familiar that's because it's the place that leia tells tarkin is the location of the rebel base as a fake out back in a new hope
4: yes
1: it shows up several times in other uh novels i think it shows up in at least one of the battlefront novels Mm -hmm. i think it shows up in lost stars at some point
0: yes I think so. Yeah, he's he's sent the there, Stars. right? It's
1: such a good book.
0: It is so good. I need to reread that. I think I read it really quickly because I was just like, I can't put it down. It's
1: really, met, that, it's made as to be a Disney Plus series.
0: Yes, completely. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of rude of Disney to name the next High Republic novel, Fallen Star, written by Claudia Gray, and yet it is not a sequel to Lost Stars.
1: Maybe it will uh, star one of the uh, ancestors. Mm-hmm.
0: I just saw that. I'm like, oh, Claudia Gray's writing a book called Fallen Star. Is that going to be the sequel to Last Star? No. No, it's I'm High like, Republic. No, it's High Republic, which is also fine, but also.
1: It words. is actually fine, Colleen. This is not a <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. It's actually fine.
0: I know. I High really Republic is it. going strong. It is going very strong. And I'm very happy that it still is and that she's writing novels for it because she's one of my favorites.
4: She is fantastic.
1: All right, that's going to wrap up this holocron. But before we move into our next holocron, we'd like to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. So do you need a freelancer to help with your website? Either a designer, maybe you need someone to help you write expert articles or blog posts. Or maybe you need a presentation designer to help you with a big work project. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or start a search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself, let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS and we really do appreciate your continued support.
0: All right, everybody. It is time for us to head into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels, so we've tasked her with watching the episodes and giving us her takes and her questions. Gonna be a lot this week, I think, especially Probably. in that hot takes Man. fashion hot is right Mm. Mm. steamy steamy speaking of hot with us again for the first time in so long is our queen of queries hey y'all how's it going it's it's about to be great it's gonna be it is gonna be great we are gonna light so many like freaking mustafar fires today yeah in my loins
2: oh yeah
4: (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: yeah it was a yeah, shame
2: that Callis didn't wake up naked like let's just start there right um, like right. episode yeah. 17 opened up really really well great suspense whose eyes are we looking through but like Callis, why are you
0: not sleeping
2: shirtless for all of us Absolutely. for all of our sakes
0: yeah i mean yeah. and then Honestly, have it be like a lady's turn for be like hello it,
3: <laughs> man that would have been so good oh. Okay. There's got to be like a porn out Fan there pic. where that Fan happens. Pic. Yeah. Sure.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Should we get into it? Let's After get into movies. it. Okay. So episode 17 through Imperial Eye. So first of all, it begins like a first person shooter video game, which I loved. Loved Because I feel like every first person shooter like starts off with like, where am I? And then you like look down in your hands. You're like, oh, these are empty bottles or what, you know? Anyways, I played a lot of those games. Anyways, so that was super <laughs> fun. <laughs>
1: Where's that med
2: pack?
3: (laughs) Exactly, right. Anyways, so I loved Mm. that. Callus is so hot, people. Yeah. Okay. Remember when I had a problem with his goatee? I don't. Absolved
2: anymore. Like
3: he is so hot. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, we could tell that Ezra was playing a part. This was like a whole bit, right? So nobody was in real danger. I felt really good about that love seeing ap5 and chopper together dynamic duo although we didn't get as much stats from ap5 as i wanted um but it was still really good mm-hmm.
2: see it's interesting that you say that there was like no suspense and you felt totally safe in ezra's hands because <laughs> yeah. i felt such suspense for these characters the entire flipping episode i was so nervous that someone was going to get caught something bad was going to happen like on the one hand this is rebels a kid's show nothing right. that's going to happen at all but like thrawn Who also should have been shirtless, but basically was when working out. Thank you very much for that decision. Like, I don't, I'm surprised you didn't feel the suspense flow because my heart was kind of racing, not going to lie.
3: So at the beginning, I definitely did not. I was like, everything's going fine. I know that like Ezra's got this. There's definitely backup and like Callus is in on it. Later, I did feel it. Like when Thrawn started inquiring more and like we started realizing that he figured it out then i was mm -hmm. like oh shit like that's not good okay so i loved callus and ezra together yes they're so loved them i loved it when ezra grabbed callus's fist and punched him basically (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was great i this next note just says "Uh uh-oh thron which i think is applicable at any point yeah
1: yeah he's (laughs) on point this episode though
3: Ooh, oh my yeah. god! Mm. Whole time, yeah. that was crazy. That okay, I have a question. Um, that lieutenant guy, what's his List. name? Lieutenant. <laughs> okay, is he the same guy that we had seen in the Leia episode? Yes. <laughs> okay, because when they referenced Leia, I was like, oh, like that was probably the guy who was in charge of that mission, and nope. like this is kind of a good callback. Mm -hmm. but I wasn't 100% sure so I'm glad to know it was and I was not crazy great you're not crazy
0: when he's like that was a bad meeting like oh
3: (laughs) (laughs) I have to say like I was very happy that Thrawn was mandating the like little canister things to be checked at the door it's like Mm -hmm. nobody else has taken security seriously ever in Star Wars and now finally Thrawn's like no, we're going to check ID before people come in. It just like felt good. So I was happy that Thrawn was taking that measure.
2: So so to be clear, you are more in line with the Empire being more impure or like more like an empire than like the, the more saying, regulations the better. I'm
3: just saying that a society operates with rules and I feel like rules are important. So that <laughs> I
1: maintain good. that the rebels oh. take off from the imperial like docking bays way too easily very often.
3: Yeah they do. 100% <laughs> like yeah. Okay this next note I, I'm i going to read it verbatim. Whoa Thrawn training. I love this for Kaleed. <laughs>
0: Kaleen loved this for <laughs> Every time i rewatch it, I'm like, hmm.
3: <laughs> I'm not into Thrawn, but this was good. Like, replace Thrawn with Anakin in this, and I would have, like, probably come on the spot, honestly. <laughs> <I> anyway, <mean. laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs>
0: Woo.
4: Yes. So
0: that was great. That's why you need to read one of the, th- the Thrawn canon books because he does Perfect. have some time with Anakin. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> Twist my arm, why don't you please, Anakin? Yeah, I was about to say, whoa, daddy. Like I'm
2: getting very like kinky vibes right now and I'm like, oh, all right. I
3: mean, ah. I'm just saying. Okay, so then I wrote, the Lieutenant List guy is such a pick me ass bitch. Yes. yes. Like, why <laughs> yeah. is he so annoying? He was like, well... You know, whatever I can do, blah, blah, blah. it's like nobody cares, Lieutenant. Nobody. Cares I'm if a lieutenant. lieutenant.
1: You get the no, feeling that he's like cares. he's like some higher up son-in-law or something that they just had to give a promotion to. Yeah,
3: yeah. it felt <laughs> very nepotism for sure because he seemed completely incompetent. <laughs> so, anyways, okay. The next note just says, "Agent Callis is officially my crush with two hearts."
1: <laughs> <laughs> thinking this he was just
3: so good in this one, he yeah. was absolutely flawless. I love this
2: episode. It is a superb episode. It really then,
3: is. somebody, and I forget who it was. Maybe that, like, other old guy. Like, the the guy who's talking to Thrawn. I don't know who that guy is. Ylaren. <laughs> Ylaren. Okay, well, he was pretty good looking for an old guy, too. But anyways. He's attractive attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it was him or somebody said the words rebel spy. And immediately that took me to star tours and being the rebel spy at Disneyland. And I was just like, this is so cool. Cause I've been the rebel spy. And so that was really exciting. I have two. You have? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like a very special time when you're the right. rebel spy. Hi, I was only the Rebel spy because it was just like basically me on the rise. <laughs> so it's like, well, it can't be anybody else. That was me.
1: And the empire's incompetent. So they probably never found you
3: they did not i got away so woo-hoo. i just really like this whole plot the framing of lieutenant list was really cool um yeah. of course we saw it coming but just the way it all came together so seamlessly for callous except for of course like being found out at the end because they're like oh list is not this smart i just thought it was a very cool episode and it just yeah like, really highlighted how smart callous is how sneaky he is like him being able to like switch the canister things. It was just really, really great. I'm
2: actually disappointed. They didn't tease out Callus being a little bit clever for a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, I would it, agree with that. You know what I mean? Like in, in one hand, it was great that they gift wrapped a delicious Callus episode from top to tail that fully resolved itself. So on the one hand, like absolutely loved it. But on the other hand, it was kind of like, damn, that is a really ingenious plan I wish it worked out for him even yeah. a little bit longer and I'm just worried for our guy
1: I really want I just- like I really want like it can be just like a short even it doesn't have to be like a full episode although I'm sure Flo will want it to be like a full movie like I want to know the original story of how he actually did end up contacting the rebellion and like yeah. get the full oh, yeah. bit. Oh.
3: I want the whole Callis story. I want to see him in training. I want to see him swimming. Who are you casting? Naked. Doing everything. Naked. Um, Who are you casting
1: as him?
0: Fan cast. That's
3: a really good question. That's, yeah, that's
0: a tough question. (laughs) Because he has to be like good looking, but also smarmy and have that kind of like arrogance to him. Yeah, he maybe. reminds me
2: of Flo Ryder, or Flynn Ryder, Flynn Ryder. Flynn, Rider. Oh, Flynn Rider. Oh, oh, Ryder, I know Rider. He oh, he Ryder, he reminds me of
0: the artist Flo <laughs> Ryder. <laughs> I mean, we could cast David Oyelowo. I can never pronounce his name, Oh, yellow. Not Yes, I can never pronounce his name, because he's mm-hmm. the voice actor. I don't care if he is black. Give me
3: him, I will, Yeah. he is gorgeous, and I his, love voice his voice is perfect.
2: His voice like, is sinful.
3: Maybe? Who played Rob Stark? I feel like he could do a yeah. good job.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah.
3: He
0: would be good. He might be. I'm trying to think how tall he is. Because he, he would be really.
3: really I'm only five three, Colleen. Like it's totally fine. That's
1: he that's could cool. pull off the chops too.
3: Yes. Yeah, I think he could. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. With his like, reddish reddish curls, like. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, he, he can have a buzz cut. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs>
0: Right. I mean, no yeah, shirts. That's, that's this is no yeah, there's no budget for shirts. All the all the damn time he can be shirtless. I would absolutely be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Then I was super excited to see Ezra doing mind tricks. And that was super cool because mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've seen a lot of that. So it's really cool to see that like our guy is still like leveling up there. That was great.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> okay. So then they break into Thrawn's office. And Ezra is like, we need to hide. And he's just like, you can't see me basically (laughs) behind this like weird half wall.
4: Yeah.
3: It was just, this is not a good place to be hiding. What are you doing? Plus you've got a droid with you that like, that thing beep boops. Like do you think the wall is beep booping? Crazy. Okay, next note just says callous, I'm obsessed, Underlined (laughs) twice. Price is a bitch. Yes. Price yeah, you
1: guys got like callous and from This episode, all I, I get is Price. Like, what the hell? Yeah,
3: that sucks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah no that. Sabine for you. There was nothing for you. Price is horrible. Yeah. Um, the worst. Okay. At the end, I did feel really bad for Lieutenant List. To be yes. honest. Yes. Yeah. He's
0: like he was just like
3: Callus, tell them. Callus, tell them. And it's like, but then I. So that was my initial reaction. I was like, oh, poor List. Like that sucks. But then I realized he's also a space Nazi and then I felt less bad, so. Yeah, okay. for
4: sure.
2: And
3: it was fine. I was like, Nuremberg will take care of this. Um, then I wrote, oh my God, Thrawn is amazing at art, art recognizing.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just
3: like, look at the color. It's the same one. It's like, that's crazy. Okay.
4: Good. Mm-hmm.
2: And
3: then my last note just says, oh fuck, Thrawn knows.
2: Bam bum, bum
3: it's just crazy and then he was like agent fulcrum and i was like oh. he'll be more used to the empire than he ever yes.
0: was as so, like okay rude. so i'm gonna
3: make a prediction here i have obviously not watched any further than episode 18 mm-hmm. so my prediction is that thrawn is gonna start feeding callus some like false info or like some bad info so that like they can catch the rebels like in a trap or something of some sort so that's my hypothesis i he's definitely obviously not going to approach callous with this at first like i think he wants him to not know that he knows yeah um for a while so um he's gonna keep this close to the vest and he's he's a scary mofo that thrawn yes.
2: oh yes gravitas very yeah. scary it's kind of okay. funny
3: because his own people aren't really that afraid
0: of him should be. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's cuz they're all racist just... and he's an alien.
0: Well, no, yeah. the, his the chests just are not. Oh, the chest. Like Ron's weird. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, he is weird. He's very weird. I mean, they're not wrong. He is weird. I was nervous that they were going to get caught when they were breaking Ezra out cuz he mm. was on his way and I was like, "How are they not crossing in the halls?" So that was kind of weird, but I did like that
1: mind. moment when he's just like, "Ezra, get down from there."
3: Like- that was so funny. I <laughs> He's like it, that. it works
2: all the time. What are you talking about?
3: Yeah, that was really cute.
2: What the though? One last thing I wanted to say about episode seventeen is I think it is really unfair and not cool that Calis did not let Ezra take Hera's family heirloom.
3: Like,
4: yeah.
2: What's the big mm-hmm. deal?
3: Just grab it, take it. Yeah, I mean, I would you. assume that. Like, ha- I agree. I think that he should have taken it. It's like whatever. However, I think they were still going to operate under the assumption that Thrawn wouldn't know who they had gotten, which was Ezra, because yeah. they were still operating under that, I'm pretty sure. And so yeah. I think if he had been like, oh, that, you know, bounty hunter or whatever took this random thing that Oh, I pointless. thought they had
2: already known that it was Ezra.
3: No, I so I think yeah. that would
2: have given him yeah. Yeah, that so would have...
3: was like, don't. Yeah, Could that would have given it? the
2: goose away for sure. Yeah.
1: And I think they were also like I helmet. think I think they were trying to operate under the assumption that they wouldn't notice that anyone had even broken into the office at first like it would be a little bit before they know. Yeah.
3: I was happy that they were able to, you know, erase the archives.
1: Yes. So Very important. important.
3: Maybe somebody has erased the archives. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan, so good all right episode 18 definitely not as good as the last one this one's called secret cargo it's good it, but it's not callous <laughs> it was it was just like kind of obvious like when they started talking about mom mothma like i don't even know who mom mothma is to be honest like i mean i i do now obviously but like that, it wasn't like really a thing i was like okay obviously like she's gonna be the cargo they're gonna be protecting her getting her to a destination like they tried to hide, like, what was in that shipment for too long. And I was like, this is obvious.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. bada bang, bada-boom.
3: Exactly. Um, but she was super cool. I like how she was standing up to Palpatine. That was awesome. Seeing Ezra piloting is, like, one of my favorite things. I love seeing Ezra in the pilot seat. <laughs> He's like, I can fly. I'm yeah, a pilot. Is so cute. Hera's like, oh, no. This note just says, how does Thrawn know everything? Like he's almost too good. Like it's almost like I don't believe you. He is that good. Yeah,
4: he actually is that good. He's
3: that good. He's he's like a tactical genius.
0: And he uses his like art criticism, cultural criticism just to even become more
3: terrifying. Yeah. It was just wild. My next note says, fuck Governor Price. Again, she's not not cool. I wanted to make sure that I wrote a note for Gold Five sacrificing himself for the good of the rebel cause and I just wrote "poor mm-hmm. one out for gold five who like got there in the I don't even have a drink but um just like got there to take the blast mm-hmm. it, he saved the day
4: mm-hmm.
3: then I got really Jewish and I wrote oi Thrawn is good <laughs> <laughs> so then good. Mm-hmm. Mon Mothma kind of made me uncomfortable so when she was in the cockpit with Hera and they were basically like in in the beam right they were in like tractor beam being taken in and Mon Mothma's like giving her demands or whatever to the empire and she's like I'm just buying you time to come up with a plan to Hera and I'm like how would you come up with a plan bitch like why is this on Hera like why does Hera have to come up with a plan in like a snap like that
2: because that's Hera's job
3: Okay, but that's it, a lot of pressure.
0: It is. I mean, she's squadron leader for Phoenix Squadron, so it, it makes sense, but then Mon Mothma also could help, but she doesn't know anything about tactics. Yeah. I just felt like that was too much. It's a lot. I think she's also kind of testing her a little bit. Is that your like, job, though? Is that her job? It will be. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, she's the leader of the Rebellion, basically. Even now, her and Bail Organa are the two architects of the
3: I mean, you I know. get that, but it just seems like a tough time to be like, "I'm going to test you now." I mean, right? Hera and is, is officially attractive. her security
1: detail in that moment on that yeah. ship. Hera is her security chief, so it is Hera's job to think of a way out of this. Look,
3: I understand that, but I feel like nobody even told Hera what she was transporting.
0: No,
1: and that's, no, the and that's a and that's a hard and that's a hard part, and that's yeah. a very valid criticism yeah, that I also have.
0: One. I think Mon Mothma might have been like, why don't we just tell them? But her people are like, no.
1: No, security. <laughs> Man.
0: Yeah. I don't think her aid can do, like, anything for real. <laughs>
3: so That's then okay. they have the brilliant idea of blasting the nebula.
0: Mm-hmm. That I was great, that.
3: And it looked so smart. So cool. Yeah, like,
2: so wicked awesome.
3: Actually, it looked really cool when they were really close to the nebula, too, and, like, everything was burning up.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And the ghost is solid.
4: Yeah. Like, yes, it is. Whew.
3: Uh, and then my last notice is Mon Mothma as a G quitting the, the Senate to fight in the rebellion. So that was really cool. So I liked her. I just thought this episode was a bit slow. Yeah. And I'm not sure that like I really bought into the stakes. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I already knew that Mon Mothma was going to make it out. Like yes. You know, it was going to be like a close call, but they all escape except for Gold 5, yeah. our, our hero forever.
2: Yep. I thought the Imperial probe droid was kind of scary, though. He, like, sounded scary, and he did scary things.
1: Yes, he was yes, very he freaky. He looks
0: terrifying. Like, yeah, he does. Mm, 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 mm.
3: So that was it. Those were my takes. Um, I'm very excited to hear more about the callus storyline. I'm very nervous for him. Um, and just give me all all the callus.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish, because Mon Matha was supposed to be in Revenge of the Sith. She's one of Padme Amidala's BFFs and they're part of like the original resistance who were trying to get the chancellor not to have power anymore. But they cut all of her scenes because they were
1: also the scenes where Padme is a badass and is like forming the rebellion before the empire actually starts.
0: Silly.
3: Justice for Padme. Yes. Yes. All day.
0: Every day.
1: But she is being voiced by the actress who played her in Rogue One
0: oh cool which is really cool
1: mm-hmm.
0: and who played her in revenge of the sith. <laughs> yes who
1: did play her in revenge of the sith because unfortunately the actress from return of the jedi passed away <laughs> oh
0: geez mm-hmm. yes many boffins died yes. <laughs> to bring us these plans give it I stroke love too. a stroke to a story like oh god i don't want to hear from the boffins because then we're gonna get freaking boris felia and i'm not here for that. <laughs> Ah, no. Okay. All <laughs> now right. Yeah. we're going to move into our next holocron, The Sixth holocron Conjecture at the Cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some of the wider Star Wars lore together. I'll get us started with what Dave Filoni and crew had to say about these episodes. They initially wanted, through Imperial Eyes, to be entirely in that callous, like, first-person shooter POV. They tried it. Okay. They tried it, and it was really difficult. I feel like
1: I may have, like, thrown up if I watched that. Yeah, it was very
0: disorienting, and they wanted that kind of feeling for us to be scared the whole episode and be like, holy shit, what's going to happen to Callus?" Because we could only see, like, through his point of view. Mm -hmm. But eventually they're like, that's not going to work. We can't do it for, like, story reasons and for seasickness and it just was really difficult to conceptualize
4: yeah interesting they
0: just went with what they had at the beginning they're like let's start with it because it is really cool and a different perspective than what we usually do i was like get after it dave Yeah, get after it i loved it yeah i did too
1: it was a really Really. cool opener definitely Mm
0: -hmm. it's such a unique episode we do like a nice little bodily episode Mm-hmm. Okay, and then for everybody, did you find Mon Mata's speech, like, particularly uplifting? Would it have persuaded you to join in their rebellion?
2: No. No.
0: <laughs> I know, it's like, like, it depends on who she's broadcasting to also. I mean, they're, like, she's basically trying to get the desperate cells to join together. But I don't know if it got everybody. I don't. So, Go ahead. So. I was,
1: yeah, I I don't know if it would have, it was, I did like that it's a nice, it's a nice callback to Ezra's speech back in season one, to kind of get everyone to start lifting up, and then this is the, okay, now, now that we've all kind of stood up, now we need to actually come together under a single banner, and I think it makes sense, I don't know if it would have persuaded me, if I were like on the fence about
2: something, or, yeah, like what, it, what line if- from her speech even stands out to you? None, none. Right. Sta- nothing stands out to me. Right. I'm sorry.
1: But it would yep. it would definitely like perk my interest. Like if I heard it and I'm living right. under this thing, I'd be like, oh, there is there is something out there
4: potentially. And she's
0: super respected, so I think that would definitely pull in a lot of people. But people like Saw Guerrera, who like what do you <laughs> think Saw thought of this when he heard it?
1: <laughs> she, he thinks she's a wuss.
0: Yeah, because she's, she's not fair. out
1: in like an open arena with a blaster in her hand.
0: Right. Yeah, she's got the metaphysical, mm-hmm. like metaphorical blasters in her brain. Like that's where she's mm-hmm. fighting the diplomatic front kind of thing, which is really difficult to be inspirational with, if you're like in the back room kind of dealing with this kind of stuff. Because she was in the Senate with Bail Organa, and Bail is still basically in hiding at this point. He's still in the Senate, so it's like. What have you been doing this whole time though? Because nobody really knows. They're just like, oh, you decided to defect and now we should come join you.
3: I mean, the rebellion just like needs a Bernie Sanders who like rallies rallies the team together, brothers and sisters, let's fight. Yeah. You know, but the like, problem
1: is that they live in a society where the Empire silences you before you get to be the Bernie Sanders.
3: Totally. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Mon Mothma like had a platform and she kind of like shit the bed like it, it just like it wasn't good like it was just boring mm-hmm. like at that time that's like the time mm-hmm. to like fire people up and she was just like hmm. I don't know like if it was like her tone her tone was very like monotonous in a way yeah
2: it was, like, this very- is, we this will is handle
3: this and we yes. will rise up like
2: yeast bread right <laughs> it was kind of like <laughs> it, it was kind exciting of felt
3: like when Effie gives her speech in Hunger Games, mm. in District 12, mm-hmm. she's like, for all Panem." it's just like, no. Yeah. Just be like, I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed like she didn't know what she was talking about in terms of like the day-to-day mm-hmm. fight of the rebels. And so I just feel like it wasn't Which
1: she doesn't and Hera points right. that out to her. That, they right. have that conversation, which I thought was a really great moment. Mm-hmm.
3: I just feel like, okay, maybe Hera should have written the speech. And then Mon Mothma could have, like, delivered it, I guess. Mm I don't know. Seemed attached. Because Hera is
0: very inspirational. And we know that girl can deliver a speech. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they needed the recognition of Mon Mothma, which did work. Like, it does work. I don't think the Mon Calamarians are in yet. Not really until closer to Rogue One. Yeah. But it probably piqued their interest. They're like, we remember her from the Clone Wars and... No. Yeah, she's baby. still got some
1: of that idealism going for her, which she does carry into Rogue One. And that actually leads to one of my questions. Does that speech create a continuity error for Rogue One? Because in Rogue One, she's she's at Yavin. Mm-hmm. And she's giving the assignment to Jin Urso, And she says, we need to bring your father and bring him to the Senate for testimony. And I'm like, well, you're not in the Senate oh. anymore. So how is that your plan?
0: I good guess point. they could give
1: him to bail, but yeah, were they just gonna like hand him off to bail, or she's talking like she's still in the Senate, right? <laughs> um, yeah, because
0: she defected
1: earlier, so it's like <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't, we don't know.
0: That's a good question.
1: <laughs> um, my other one that I just kind of want to talk about, I want to talk about code cylinders because there's they always just seem like a little odd to me. The the, the entire oh. concept of them, like okay. This is like a very futuristic sci-fi society, and by like, I feel like by today's standards, the idea that you have like a physical little key that you carry around in your pocket that's only got that one function, like even is that
0: the only function? It's their lanyard. Pretty much, ID yeah. It's like the lanyard, lanyard ID,
1: but I feel like a card that you like scan is like more high, is like more quote unquote high tech futuristic than like a than like a key thing that you stick in the. But then I was actually thinking about it and it I for the first time it kind of reminded me of the uh that like Swiss bank laser etched key from the Da Vinci Code that mm. they actually put in and it reads like the etchings around it and it's That's like funny. impossible to fake effectively.
0: Right.
3: Why like I just <laughs> I think the really empire vague. would have
1: like it would have like injected chips into them by now. <laughs>
2: No, I mean, there's a lot of anti-vaccine in the empire right now, so that wouldn't... They're not going 5G? Really yeah, no. A no. lot of, <laughs> lot of resistance it. there.
3: I was going to say, code. I was under the impression for some reason, I don't know why, that those code cylinders like had genetic material in them, like blood or something, where it was like
1: testing be stuff in there. Ooh. And then
3: I was like, well, maybe like they want to make sure that they have those in case they're doing all their cloning shit. So
1: That's true. I hadn't thought about that.
3: That was just my assumption, but I'll be is big on databases. He's Leo. big on cloning too.
1: Very. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Gross. All right. Well, everybody, that is going to wrap us up on our Rebels talk today. But before we go. Y'all, we recently crossed a hundred episodes of Bohemian Geek Studies.
2: Wild. This is actually so our crazy.
1: 102nd episode, yes. but we didn't realize that we were doing the 100th until like immediately before we recorded it. Yeah.
2: Adorable.
1: And mm-hmm. also it's we're still living in COVID time, so time is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> so we are celebrating it today and you ladies just look absolutely lovely as always oh my god! to be frank i feel underdressed so if you all give me a second
0: all right we we guess
3: (laughs) if you're watching on youtube um (laughs) we have decided to dress up for this episode so you should go check us out on our youtube bohemian geek studies um i am wearing a (laughs) gown
0: a gown
3: full-on gown i love it
0: i love it beautiful it's so cute yes (laughs) Oh, my. Thank you, Claire Fraser. Oh, oh, my goodness.
3: goodness. <laughs> the Peaky Blinders. Um, for those of you who are listening to us in an auditory medium, Anders has just shown up in a tie and a jacket and a hat, and he's looking great. You're looking fly. hmm <laughs> Looking <Yeah.
0: cute>. good.
3: <laughs> so if you were going to watch one episode on YouTube, this is definitely the one to be watching. Yes. I've got so my little ears yeah, you were wondering why on. we're all dressed up. <laughs>
0: i got a dress on but it's kind of hard to see because it's black but it's low cut as fuck everything <laughs> we're
3: getting lit at bgs headquarters today
1: mm-hmm. so oh. sarah you're back with us i mean you started a, you started it all yeah wait i all. can't
2: even it was almost i think two years ago by now would have been the first time matilda dropped i think maybe a little bit longer than that because we took some that. yeah because we took a few weeks off that's absolutely wild a little journey with will uh and i over matilda has just traveled galaxies far away into star wars and traveling back in time with outlander it's just been a hoot and a holler spending time with friends talking Mm -hmm. about the stories and the thirst traps
0: that we oh. love. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like our Outlander pod is just through all three of us being like, huh. <laughs> frothing yeah. at the mouth and girding of the loins <laughs> the entire freaking
3: time. Yeah, should we go around and like give a memory or something?
1: I do, think like, yeah, a little, a
3: little toast. So yes. a favorite
1: individual, favorite individual memory, just just okay. one what was your idea to start us off?
3: Oh man, that's so hard. (laughs) Um, I think for me, it would probably be the Mando pods, Mm -hmm. like overall, I don't know. It was before that we had been doing clone wars and obviously I hadn't been watching clone wars, but I'm also like, I'm a big star Wars person. I just wasn't into clone wars. And so being able to like do Mando with you guys was so special and just like hearing how brilliant you guys are about Star Wars and learning so much (laughs) from you. It was just so lovely and interacting with our friends and, you know, getting messages and answering questions. It was just really exciting and it was exciting that we were getting episode by episode and it was coming out like as we were doing it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that
1: was was insane.
0: Remember when we did the freaking Mandalorian trailer? Like we yep. did that, like snap, 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 snap. Holy crap!
1: We had a forty, like a forty-five minute episode about like a two-minute trailer <laughs> within <laughs> twenty-four
2: hours. That's absurd. <laughs> I want to go on the record and say that is absurd. Of
0: course, and it, Sarah's like, please, Lord, you guys, we need to. I.
3: <laughs> I just also feel like during that time, like we were doing outlander and we were doing Mando Andrew. and it
2: was so much. It was so lot. much.
3: I was just like editing BGS all the time and recording BGS all the time. And it was a lot, but it was also just like, this is really fun. I'm really happy that I'm doing this with my friends. So yeah. thanks for being yeah. there team. It's just been great.
4: Yeah. And, and I was COVID just time.
3: re-listening to my very first BGS episode, which is the miss honey episode of Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so funny because at the time we weren't swearing on the pod and I could, like, hear myself being like, oh, I definitely would have sworn there. Oh, I 100% was going to swear there. <laughs> so it was just a fun trip down memory lane for me. Mm-hmm. That's adorable.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Okay, favorite memory or episode?
3: Ooh. I
0: mean, I love our fan fiction episode. Oh, I think that was yeah. lit. Yeah. I love that. I think we need to circle back around and do another
3: one. Yes. <laughs> on
0: fan fiction because that was super fun. Um. Who? And then Sarah, our last Clone Wars pod was so good. Yeah, it was yeah. insanely good, and we got a lot of good feedback from that. So then we were like, we can keep doing this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been like so great to have you guys for COVID times. Oh yes. my. Gosh. Oh my god. When we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it was like my screen. I can see the people. <laughs> Talk to the people is still very good.
1: I think it is absolutely bad. I I've, I've mentioned this to a couple of people recently. I have never met any of you in person.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've met, oh, I've met Colleen.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you have met Colleen. Oh, met
4: yeah.
3: Yeah, Colleen stayed in my house, but I'm still waiting for that uh, Disney World trip that we're all going to take.
4: Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes. Well, when it's
2: Ooh, safe 2022, to go. What's going to happen? Yes. Absolutely
3: Oh my god, for me totally it might have to wait till twenty
1: twenty-three. I got I got a lot of trips planned to twenty
4: twenty
2: two. Oh ooh, sorry.
3: How are we not a priority for you? That's really funny.
1: I'm sorry, hard. you guys don't you guys Awkward. don't go over you guys don't go over wedding in Spain. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> BGS trip to Spain, Spain let's do
1: it. <laughs> for the record, not my wedding. Unless,
3: unless, yeah, Anders yeah, is um, single. Please hit him up at yeah. bohemiangeekstudies <laughs> at Studies
1: I need a date for this wedding, people. Come on.
2: <laughs> you could always you can also contact him at yet another Star
0: Wars pod. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. And mm-hmm. Anders's favorite moment is right now. That's
4: <laughs> right. You now
1: I do. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I mean I'm kind of with. Flo. I loved the Mando run. That was kind of the first real that I got to do with you guys like I had come on for the Thrawn episodes um, and the Ezra episodes but then it was Mando that we really kind of I felt like I was like oh my god it's like I'm a full member of the team yay um, but I have to say I was thinking about it my favorite absolute individual memory from recording VGS is arguing with Flo about sibling dynamics as they pertain to Home Alone <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing. That's my mom's favorite episode, by the way. Is our Christmas episode. holiday episode? That's
3: great. She loves it. Yeah. I think, like, I'm just obsessed with arguing with Anders. So whatever he says, I have to say the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> He's like my big brother. That's great.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What about you, Sarah?
2: I. I don't think I have like a favorite singular moment. It's just like a flavor of total contentment and joy. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think on one hand, I really loved my time with Matilda because it was just honestly so sweet and innocent and just like obscenely diving into a book, like just it was literally the dorkiest I think I've ever been in my life. And I loved magnificent. that.
4: Magnificent. you um, guys
1: made me think about Matilda in ways I had not like. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was just the best. Mm-hmm. I think I'm most proud of like the work that Colleen and I did for Clone Wars, because like this was before YouTube, and I was able to do like sound effects and everything. And it was just like. I was, I'm just forever going to be extremely proud of the work that we did there. But like you sang, we did
0: voices. Yeah, like it was like a whole trip. Um,
2: but I don't know. I think I've just been, it's just been absolutely supremely wonderful to laugh with you friends, to like loosen up, to make little sex jokes that I would love to be able to do, and to just like tease and prod one another about our favorite things including like our least favorite things about our favorite things it's just been absolutely wonderful to really take detailed dorky dives into our favorite fandoms i love it i love it i love it everything's fine (laughs) everything's fine
0: i am a crier everyone it's fine and it's also it's also really
2: nice that like You know, Will was here in our lives. And like, I've taken a little bit of a step back for a while. And it's just kind of nice to know that like Bohemian Geek Studies, it's just like, it's a baton that you pass to friends. Mm -hmm. Don't
0: worry, Sarah, we'll reel you back in. Yeah, yeah. like
2: it's it's all about what we enjoy and how we enjoy it. And it's just like a zero judgment zone for just exploring.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. We love what we love, and we let each other love what we love. We we obviously, I mean, I like Maul. Come on. I don't judge that. I've been told I need a therapist a few times. Yeah, I do not
2: yuck that yum. I say unwrap that Milky Way. I
3: mean, I'm over here saying that, yes, he was justified in killing the younglings.
2: (laughs) I do
1: remember, it was back in the Clone Wars pods, Colleen, you and Sarah had Bloody Marys one day, and you were the giggliest. I think I've ever heard the two of you. Aww,
4: and I just remember so
1: thinking to myself, God, they didn't call them Bloody Mollies. Like, big, <laughs> big missed opportunity.
4: I mean, we we're glad you're here that. now, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, to like
0: set the record straight, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Hey, we did Maldorians. We were pretty proud of that.
1: You were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As we were drinking our Bloody Moll. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. That was a good episode. I think that's when Mall first came back. And we were like, we're doing this on a Sunday. We should have bloodies. Yeah.
3: I think we should probably just, like, take this time to just thank all the people who are listening. Like, yeah, yes. I'm just so in shock and awe that people, like, even want to listen to us just be friends on Zoom and on <laughs> <laughs> the phone. Yeah. It's just crazy that, you know, we're in 51 countries. We yep. have you know thousands of downloads and it's just like I don't think I, I certainly never expected this no. in any way shape or form and I never expected us to get to 100 episodes so I'm just really thankful that there's people out there who are listening and whose lives like maybe we can make them laugh a little bit during COVID time and yes. things in a different way and it's just it's been a really special thing in my life and it's brought really special people into my life so yeah I'm just really thankful
0: Yes. So thankful to everybody who gave us like questions for master and apprentice when we asked for them. Yes. And gave us emails and asked us really, really in-depth questions where I had to dig real deep into Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I don't know. Sarah, I'll be back. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, downloading us, like uploading us on YouTube. Thank you so much. Yeah. We love you all
1: i don't know if i can say it any better than that so i'm just going to say thank you all thank the three of you for letting me join this lovely lovely bgs crew
3: Oh, we
0: i think yeah we're all integral to this team like oh we need our queen she made us she made yes. us who we are when she's like can anybody proofread this outline i was like i like proofreading <laughs>
1: No, she's too busy she's too busy making that dough at the art show man
0: yeah for as long as the last I'm doing it we love it Sarah yeah. has got some of her art in her background too right now and ooh, it's so pretty yeah. so check lovely. her out at Sarah O'Connor <laughs> fine art yes mm-hmm. I showed my brother your art over the weekend and he's an art teacher or he was he has an art teaching degree and he's like she's good oh i was like i know right it's amazing (laughs) oh my gosh i'm I'm
2: still crying it's fine well i love you guys and thank you so much listeners you truly mean just the absolute galaxy to us absolutely
0: yes love you all Mm-hmm. Ooh, a yeah. All right. Wrap well, yeah Yep, I think, guys, that
1: means <laughs> we're <laughs> a wrap yeah. on episode 102. Everyone, thank you for being with us and tuned with us again next time when we continue our Rebels season three coverage with some droid secret agent shenanigans. Ooh, I like secret
2: agents.
0: I like droids. <laughs> okay. I like
3: shenanigans, let's
0: go
1: <laughs> Ugh, I'm a little iffy on droids right now, I just finished uh, Last Shot, the novel and it involves an attempted uh, droid uprising that, um, not in a good way
0: Oh no Um <laughs> I mean, <is> it ever? <laughs> 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 the killbots that got through there. Yeah, the, yeah it's,
1: he tries to turn them all into kill bots um, and like little baby Ben Solo's there and you're really worried for him But oh no but anyway until then please follow us wherever you get your podcast guys leave us those five star reviews check out our website at bohemian geek you can watch all of our episodes enjoy colleen's book corner where she reviews star wars literature and contact us through email and social media And as always guys we always say this tell other nerdy nights to, to, to join us it helps so much mm-hmm. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com, check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we went through the films in the Star Wars canon and we are cooking up something for the fall. So keep your eye out for that. But until next time, keep your secret identities ready, keep those code cylinders up, and keep those episodes streaming.
2: Ooh, what's a code cylinder?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody. It's something you better hang on to, otherwise Callus is gonna steal it.
2: Two hands. Yeah, two yeah, two hands hold on rough.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Bye guys.
4: Bye everyone.